Welcome to Fronteras, a program that explores issues at the border and beyond through the lens of arts, culture, and history. I'm Norma Martinez with Texas Public Radio in San Antonio. Guatemala held presidential elections last month. There are hopes that a reformer will win a runoff in August to replace current president Alejandro Yamatei, who's restricted to one term. A potential win for Bernardo Arevalo could mean a swing back to a semblance of democracy and free speech for Guatemala. Guatemalan veteran journalist Jose Ruben Zamora was recently sentenced to six years in prison for money laundering. Zamora had written articles critical of President Yamate, and many believe his arrest was an effort to silence him, his newspaper El Periódico, and other journalists. Veteran journalist Maria Martin lives in, reports on, and trains journalists in Central America. She's been following the chipping away of the free press and the exile and deaths of journalists there. Martin is the producer and host of the new podcast, SOS Central America. She says the recent decay of democracy began in 2015 with the election of Jimmy Morales, who disbanded an international anti-corruption commission. And that kind of opened up the floodgates for the corrupt actors who had felt you you could look at Guatemala in some ways as a plantation that since colonialism there's been a small group of people who run this plantation and they see that as their right unfortunately that that is the mindset that everybody else um, including the indigenous population that's about half of the population are there in their service. And it's also a very misogynistic society. I I was uh, watching these um, panel discussions on several television channels, discussing, debating, analyzing the elections, and they were all men, and they were all men you know, who were non-Indigenous. This is the situation in Guatemala where there's a small group of people who control the wealth, who control the power, who are intent on keeping the status quo that has existed basically for centuries. For most Americans in the U.S., it's very easy to forget recent history. It's been over a generation since the Central American civil wars took place. It's very easy for people to forget that the gangs and the violence that have centered themselves there in Central America, they are a result of the deportation program that we had in the United States back in the 1980s. So ultimately, we are in the U.S. because of this system that you've been describing, it's sort of turned into a vicious circle, but it seems like the United States has not really accepted its part in it. It seems like there has been a lot of complaints that the United States really isn't getting as involved in the loss of liberties being seen in Guatemala and in Central America. And I know that you've been pointing that out in the podcast as well. Can you talk a little bit about that, Maria? The role of the U.S., the historical role of the U.S. in Central America, as in all of Latin America, is on the one hand ever present, right? But on the other hand, 
Latin America has always been the stepchild in terms of foreign policy. So that when you look back at history, you have support for non-democratic regimes in Central America and other places in Latin America that then contributed to a great part. And in Guatemala, it was a very direct connection to the destabilization of the society. So you look back to 1954, when there was a move toward democracy in Guatemala, where you had a democratically elected president, Jacobo Arbenz, who was overthrown with a large help from the United States. And that led directly to 36 years of civil war. So these days, it is very easy for autocrats like the current president in Guatemala, like the current president in El Salvador, like the current president in Nicaragua, Daniel Ortega, to say the U.S. is interfering with our sovereignty because it has in the past. So because of that, I think the U.S., the State Department, this is my personal opinion from witnessing what's happening and hearing what they have to say, that they're like walking on eggshells. They're one walking on eggshells because they don't want to be accused of interfering as they did in the past, but yet there is not a strong enough position for democracy because democracy-promoting efforts in the past have been accused of being interference. So many, many democracy activists, many journalists say, we're tired of when these things happen, and I'm talking about candidates being forced to leave the country, independent judges, independent prosecutors, independent journalists being forced to leave the country, a tweet is not enough, say some people. So when Jose Ruben Zamora was arrested on July 29th of last year, yes, there were tweets from the State Department protesting this, but a few days afterwards, the U.S. ambassador was meeting with the president and with business leaders. So there's kind of a a mixed message that is being sent and adding to the confusion in the mix or one of the ingredients in that mix is migration because the U.S. State Department wants to keep Guatemala, Honduras, these other countries that send migrants and in the past few years have used their armed forces to keep migrants from crossing north they want to keep that happening. Some people say that they want Guatemala to be that wall that never got completely built between the U.S. and Mexico. So if you can keep migrants south of Mexico, then that helps to kind of be a barrier to that. But of course, part of the reason why the migrants keep on coming 
it's because conditions don't get any better in Central America because people lose hope. And as you said, it's a vicious cycle. And it's a little bit more than that now because in the last few decades, for many communities, migration has become the only option. In many indigenous communities that have been marginalized by the government, no social services, no safety net at all, the pattern that began during the war when people were being massacred in hundreds of villages, when hundreds of villages were being razed to the ground, people left. And so began a process where they could see, okay, I go to the States, I make some money, I'm able to send money down to my sick mother, I'm able to, when I come back, maybe buy a little land or add another room to my house. It has been a safety valve for these governments who do not have to provide services they can go on not providing services, and it's keeping their economies afloat. Remittances is a huge part of the economies of Guatemala, of Honduras, of El Salvador. What would happen to these economies without remittances is a big question. And so this vicious cycle, this, this almost rite of passage has become entrenched. And then as things get worse, and as the population grows, then there is more and more of that migration. You know, people would rather stay where they are. Guatemala is a beautiful country. Parts of Honduras are beautiful as, as well. You know, you want to stay where people know your name. It's home. It's home. They speak your language. You're comfortable with your traditions, etc. But... If you can't make a living there, if you can't provide your children a future with education and health care, and if the violence is increasing, and if you see people who are trying to make a difference, indigenous environmental activists, journalists, independent prosecutors, and other members of judiciary being put in jail... It's time to move. Veteran journalist Maria Martin is based in Central America. She's the founder and longtime editor for Latino USA and is the director of the Gracias Vida Center for Media. Martin also hosts and produces the new podcast, SOS Central America. When we come back, Central America is in the United States' backyard. Its proximity plays no part in the current news cycle. Certainly when the war in Ukraine happened, it was harder to get stories about Central America on even public radio. And so I just get tired and frustrated of pitching stories and getting a no. Our conversation continues next on Fronteras. Welcome back to Fronteras. I'm Norma Martinez with Texas Public Radio in San Antonio. 
Veteran journalist Maria Martin has reported on Central America for the last two decades. She founded the Gracias Vidas Center for Media there to train the next generation of journalists. The state of journalism is dangerous in Central America. Journalists have been harassed, threatened, arrested, forced into exile or killed. The recent arrest and sentencing of respected investigative journalist Jose Ruben Zamora on what's believed to be trumped-up charges has further clamped down on free expression in Central America. Martin says she has scaled back her training efforts as a result. To be truthful, I haven't done any any training for the last couple of years. One, because I've been focusing more on reporting. Two, because it is so much harder. If it was harder when I started doing this 15 years ago, when there was a little bit of hope, but where I focused my journalism training in the provinces, in the rural areas, it was so much harder for people to do independent journalism in the public service because they might live across the street from the mayor who had connections to drug gangs because your sister-in-law might work for him. So there was all of this public pressure. There was all of this political pressure for self-censorship. And some of the journalists that I worked with were beaten, were threatened, But in Guatemala, you really have to ask yourself, what is my responsibility to these journalists? And more than anything, one has to get through to people that though it's important to tell the truth, that no story is worth your life. And so that is um, a difficult balance, certainly, for journalists here. And you can see the chilling effect that all of these things that I've described, including and very much underlining the arrest of Jose Ruben Zamora, the attack against him and his newspaper, the chilling effect it's had on journalism in this country. I'm a great champion and admirer of journalists here in Guatemala who continue to do their job day to day, in spite of all of these growing barriers to freedom of expression. Well, how are you coping with this environment in Central America? You said you're sort of scaling back the training to focus more on reporting. It, there's got to be some pressure on you as well. You know, I don't, I don't sign off where, <laughs> right where I live. I try to keep a low profile and... As I said, on political stories, I'm not out in the streets doing that reporting. I have little little tricks so that people think I'm in the States. And, and as I said, I'm not putting myself out there the way that people like Jose Ruben Zamora or people like Hector Cordero in Quiche or so many other journalists are doing. And this is not just in Guatemala, you know, in Nicaragua, so many news organizations have closed. Some that are still going have had to leave the country, La Prensa, Confidencial, 
100% Noticias, all of those news outlets are operating because they're not in Nicaragua anymore. They're operating either out of Costa Rica or out of Miami or out of other places. And this is the case also in El Salvador, where the government threatened and targeted independent journalists like the journalists of El Faro, pioneers in digital news and investigative news in that country. And now many of the journalists operate outside the country. You have a GoFundMe page for the SOS Central America podcast. Can you explain sort of the purpose as to why you uh, would like to continue on this particular investigative journey that you're on? This is a part of the world that is basically in the United States backyard, but most people are more concerned about what's happening overseas and Eastern Europe. We have such a narrow focus of what is important to our news cycle. And I know that you really want to put this reporting forward to help us really kind of understand why we need to care about Central America. Indeed. And as you say, coverage of Latin America, of Central America, has been cyclical throughout history. Uh, so when there were wars, there were reporters here. When there's just sort of everyday violence and everyday disruption, um, it's only until there is, say, the unaccompanied minor crisis or when a volcano blows up or when there's an election there is constant news stories coming out of here. But uh, certainly when the war in Ukraine happened, it was harder to get stories about Central America on even public radio. And so I just get tired and frustrated of pitching stories and getting a no. So I wanted uh, at least to produce this series, this podcast, so that there would be one place that had more in-depth coverage of the region, just to do my bit to do what we journalists do, is to inform and perhaps try to shed light on a social problem. Let's talk about the training of the journalists that you've been doing here in the U.S., specifically in San Antonio. You were here not too long ago. So the Esperanza Peace and Justice Center has a low-power community radio station. I started in community radio at the first Latino-owned and operated public radio station in the U.S. That was KBBF in Santa Rosa, California, in the wine country. Covering Latino communities was just a part of my life and, and my work in the first half of my career, if you can call it that, and then creating the program Latino USA uh, which I executive produced and reported for and edited for uh, 11 years before coming to Central America to tell these stories. So I love this idea of having an alternative voice, another alternative voice in San Antonio for the Latino community, for news, for those voices to be heard, San Antonio voices, so I've been training people connected to the Esperanza 
in radio production and hopefully in the next few months I'll also be working with them to continue with that and to maybe work on a format that reflects community issues, community concerns, and is another medium for different kinds of voices and expressions to to be heard. And it's all connected, of course. It's all connected. We're all connected. Maria Martin is a veteran journalist based in Central America. She's the founder of the radio program Latino USA and is director of the Gracias Vida Center for Media. Her latest journalistic effort is the podcast SOS Central America, a series that examines the crisis of democracy and human rights in Central America. She's established a GoFundMe page to continue the limited series that examines how corruption and growing authoritarianism pushes its residents to migrate north. And if you'd like to hear more about the future of democracy in Central America, Guatemalan human rights activist Luis Gutierrez and American lawyer and human rights activist Jennifer Harbury will be talking about Guatemala in free fall this Saturday at 6 p.m. at San Antonio's Esperanza Peace and Justice Center. It's free to attend. Thanks for joining us for Fronteras. Fronteras is produced by Norma Martinez and Maria Navarro. Our executive producer is Dan Katz. Our editor is Fernando Ortiz Jr. Charanga Cakewalk composed our theme music. Hear past episodes at tpr.org and on the Fronteras podcast. I'm Norma Martinez with Texas Public Radio in San Antonio.